The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Amen. You remain standing if you would, please. Uh, many years ago, I, I don't know, was it 20 years? 20 years ago, I'm, I met this couple who's with us tonight. I've known them that long. And um, we're, he's a part of the same church. We're, we, he is, they are KC. They, they were raised up in Maui, just same place that we came from, King's Cathedral, Maui. They've been traveling around uh, the world since 19, around the nation, around the world, since 1997. Is that right? And God has really anointed them with a tremendous gift of prophecy and uh, man, signs and wonders follow them everywhere they go. They're near and dear <laughs> to me. Such a blessing tonight to have our very dear friends, the Harkies. Would you put your hands together for them? Hallelujah. Let's give God a shout of praise in the house tonight. Let's give him a shout of praise. I am looking forward. You may be seated in the presence of God. I am looking forward. I'll give the children just a moment to exit the, exit the sanctuary. In a moment. Boy, we have a lot of kids. Bless the kids. Bless the kids workers. But in a moment, I'm going to share the word that God laid on my heart. This evening, I, I just want to make note. Uh, my wife and I went out to your extension in Bristol Bay. Um, before I begin to share that, I'm going to introduce my wife. She's going to share about our products out in the back. But what I want to do is I, I want to prophesy over somebody. Ma'am, you're holding that little baby. Would you please stand up? Would you stretch forth your hands to her congregation? Ma'am, I'm going to give you a word of knowledge, then I'm going to give you a word of wisdom, and then I'm going to give you a prophecy. The Spirit of the Lord would say this to you. You've rescued life, and God's going to reward you. You've gone the extra mile. And God brought you here tonight to tell you that he's going to provide for you for the next mile. And he wants you to know that he is going, he has both your hands. And even though things may get heavy, he's going to give you the ability to carry it. You're not going to break down emotionally. You're not going to break down spiritually. And you're not going to break down financially. You're not going to get a flat tire. Because God is giving you the vehicle that's going to last. And he wanted me to tell you. Now, the vehicle is a parable. He wanted me to tell you. He says, daughter, believe me. Believe me. Put me in the center of everything that you do. Everything that you go. 
because there's been there's been situations at home with family that have have chosen to go the other direction and here you are left with the problem and you have to fix what's not yours but the lord would say daughter because you're a fighter and because you're a believer i'm giving you supernatural faith to believe for the impossible hear the word of the lord tonight father in the name of jesus in the name of jesus Meliana, would you come and lay hand on her for me real quickly? In the name of Jesus, touch her right now. Touch her in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout offering right now. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Come on. Would you give Sister Meliana a hand as she comes and begins to testify? Hallelujah. Praise God. Again, it is a privilege for my husband and I to be here tonight, join you to worship God. Amen. Uh, you know, the Lord, I have been laid in my heart a scripture, and I want to share it with you guys real quickly uh, before I give this away. Um, there is a scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. It talks about putting on the full armor of God. Amen. That he made available to us. I tell you what, all my life, I got only one speeding ticket. Everybody said, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got only one speeding ticket. I'm so thankful for that. And I tell you what happened. I'm not going to tell you how fast I went, okay? <laughs> because you guys may not want me back. <laughs> but anyway, I went so fast. I drove so fast. I didn't see the cops. And when all of a sudden I saw the cops right in front of me parking on the right side of the freeway and all he had to do is turn his light on he didn't even have to chase me down now you can picture how fast i went i just drove up pulled off the freeway park right next to him now why did i pull off and park right next to him instead of continue to drive on a freeway why because he's in a police car. He wore an uniform. He have the authority. Therefore, I have to submit. I have to obey. Amen? I have to obey. And I have a tendency to put my foot on the gas. But I tell you what, every time I see a police car, Lord, help me. I think I'm confessing to you my sin. Pray for me, okay? So anyway, why do I pull over? Because I saw the authority. Now, when I read... Book of Ephesians, chapter 6, talk about to put on the full arm of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. It reminded me that all of us, when we, before we do anything else, we have to put on, we have to put, spend time with God so we can put on the armor that God had made available so the enemy will not bother us. Again, like this. When I wake, I made a vow to God. I made a covenant to God early this year. In the beginning of this year, I pray, oh God, I'm going to make a vow to you, a covenant to you. My first two hours of the day, I'm going to spend a quality time with you in prayers and in your word. Let me tell you what, how are you going to put on the armor that God has made available? You're not going to be able to do it anywhere else except, again, except 
on spending time with him in prayers and in his word. Because I tell you, if I put on the arm of God and when I wake up in the morning, getting ready to go on with my life, the spirit of anger, bitterness, hatred, sin, unforgiveness, they see me coming down the freeway, coming down the road, they can transpass into my mind. They can enter into my mind, into my heart, because they saw you and I, if we do, put on the armor of God. Amen? They can trespass. They can enter in to our mind and into our heart, because they saw that we have the armor that God had made available to us. It is said to me many times, I've seen Christians have an accident in life. What I mean, in their mind, in their heart, the enemy just come in and have a haywire in their mind, lying to them, putting thoughts, wrong thinking in their mind, in their heart. Why? Because of not spending time with God in prayer and in his word. And my prayer is that we need to Put on the armor that God has made available to us. Otherwise, we will not be able to accomplish what God called us to do. Amen? Let me tell you what. You know, if we don't put on the full armor that God has made available to us, what he has called us to do, we will not be able to accomplish it. Remember Mary and Martha? Here Martha invited Jesus into her house, and she left Jesus there, took off, prepared a meal for Jesus that Jesus did not ask for. But who spent time with God was Mary. And guess when the, the, the crisis hit, their brother died. Jesus came. Martha came in first, and she said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus didn't do anything. Just preached to her. Then he asked for Mary. The person that spent time with God in prayer and in his word. He said, where's Mary? Martha went and got Mary. Mary came, said the same prayer. Jesus, if you have been here, our brother would not have died. Whose prayer request got answered? Same prayer request. Same prayer request. Immediately, Jesus said, where have you laid your brother? And you know the rest of the story. He went over there, resurrected their brother. Now, my prayer is, I'm not saying that we all have to spend all our time in prayer and in, in, in spending all, all day in prayer and in his word. But I promise you, when you spend quality time with him in prayer and in his word, he'll give us wisdom, he'll give us idea, he'll help us what to do, what not to do in a very short time. So we don't have to waste our time like, Mary, like Martha preparing a meal that Jesus did not ask for. Because I believe that God has called us to do, to do greater things, but that comes only spending quality time with God in prayer and in his word. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's give Jesus another big hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I grabbed three CDs over here. We have a lot of products over there. If you want to, you can stop by. See, somebody will be there or see me. I'll be there also. I grabbed three of them over here. I grabbed this one. Is, there is four CDs over here called Harvest. How many are tired of living in famine? And I'm not only talking about financially famine. I've seen people, Christian, 
living in famine, no joy, no peace, no love. Listen, when we come to Christ, we should be experiencing harvest. Amen? He will guide us what to do, what not to do, so we can be experiencing harvest. Okay, who wants this CD? You can run over here and grab it. And I grabbed this one. <laughs> okay, you can, you can have this. Okay, let me explain it first, see if you want it. I grabbed this one. It's called, Is There Not a Cause? Oh, you can come. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you this later. Okay. Uh, is there not a cause? Listen, I know, I know a couple things that we, I know a couple things about people that have a cause. People that have a cause, they don't have time to entangle in sin. Did you hear me? People that have a cause, they don't have time to entangle in sin. Another thing I know about people that have a cause, they don't have time to get offended. They don't have time for that. Their cause is so big, they put all their energy, their resources, their mind, their thinking, all to what God called them to do. Therefore, because they are so caught up with what God called them to do, there is no room to get offended. They don't have time to walk out from church when there was something have been said they don't agree with. They don't have time to walk out from their family. They will see to it what God called them to do shall be accomplished again. They don't have time to entangle in sin. Okay, somebody already got that CD. Now, this one, uh, okay, <laughs> it's, there is much more in the back. It's School of the Prophets, learning to hear the voice of God. There are so many uh, CDs back there. Listen, I want to throw with you, throw into you about few different voices that we have to be very careful with. One of the voices that we have to be very careful with because we think it is the voice of God is, is our own voice, okay? Many times we go and do things and thinking it is God's voice, it is God telling you and I to do it, but actually, and we come find out that we got, we got into some problem, a crisis that we shouldn't be, but all it is, it comes from our own wistful thinking and we went ahead and do it thinking it is the voice of God. We have to be very careful. Another voice that I want you to be very careful with is the voices of our enemy. Uh, of, uh, voices of, uh, yeah, voice of the enemy that created anger, bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness, depression. Listen, it becomes so real to us. And we go, when I, I, it is so sad, if you're not careful, it becomes so real to us and thinking that it is what this is what we're supposed to do. But we have to be very careful. The voice of God is peace, joy, love. Amen? Another voice I want to be very careful is, is the voices of our friends. Sometimes our friends see us go through situation or crisis. They come and give us good advice. They meant well. But maybe it is not God's voice. We have to be very, 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 very careful with. Amen? So who won this city? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> I'll give you one more outside there. Anyway, let's give Jesus another big hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. How many ready for the word of God? How many ready for the word of God tonight? I hope you are because I'm going to preach to you tonight. 
I, I, you'll have to forgive me. I held back Sunday night, but I'm not holding back because I'm leaving town tonight. So I'm not holding back. I'm excited about what God's going to say. You know, church, um, tonight I'm just going to, I'm just going to revelate. So I trust that the people that I'm speaking know the Word of God. You're, you're Bible students. You know the Bible. And you know what the Word says. Rather than turn to a text, I'm going to just start revelating tonight. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is, is something that God's put on my heart. Now, there, there's something that Jesus said in Mark 4, verse 35... And you can turn there if you'd like to. But in Mark 4, verse 35, in the NIV, Jesus says to the disciples, let us go to the other side. Everybody say, let us go to the other side. Turn to your neighbor and say, let us go to the other side. Do you know that every time Jesus opens his mouth, it's a prophetic word? Everything that Jesus says is prophetic. So when Jesus says, let us go to the other side, it really, a lot of times what he does is he sometimes, because sometimes even in prophecy, we don't get the details. Because see, I don't need faith if I have the details. Right? Right? But if I know everything, I don't need the details. However, he tells them what's on the other, uh, he, he tells them to get in the boat. However, he doesn't communicate to them what is on the other side. Can I tell you something? When God said to leave Maui and go into full-time ministry 17, 18 years ago, however long that was, if he would have told me what was on the other side, I'd have never left. <laughs> I said, God, I didn't sign up for this part. Are you hearing me? I would have never gotten the boat in the first place. I can tell you this. Can I say this? We, we got back from today from Bristol Bay. And let me just tell you something. This is my home church. My wife and I pay our tithes here. And because we pay our tithes here, I understand what I am sowing into. Because church, I'm going to tell you this. We'll sow into our pleasure, but we won't sow into the presence. Church, can I say this to you? When I landed there, I was, not expect, I was not expecting what I saw. There are strongholds there. And people would say, well, why spend the money going all the way over to somewhere where there's only a few people? Do you know why? Because God is not in their thoughts. Are you hearing me? And Pastor Tim and Heidi got a word, let us go to the other side. Are you hearing me? Not knowing, come on, not, 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 they've been, they lived there, but they didn't really know what to expect. Are you hearing me? But I'm telling you, when you obey Jesus, you know what's going to happen? You're going to break the stronghold on the other side. Because there's a purpose in why God is taking this church to the other side. Because you've got to understand what is on the other side. Jesus won't tell you, because if he told you there was a demon on the other side, you wouldn't go. If he told you the warfare that you had to go through when you got there, you wouldn't do it. But because he didn't tell you, you jumped in the boat. 
Now, we notice something that when Jesus jumped in the boat, he began to row. I mean, they began to row, excuse me, the disciples. And Jesus immediately falls asleep in the boat. Now, I thought we're supposed to model Jesus. And it's interesting that the disciples don't fall asleep. And when the disciples don't fall asleep, what happens is the storm breaks out. The boat begins to fill with water. Now, church, this is something I don't understand because if I'm in a boat, not a big boat, and the boat's filling with water, and, and, I would all, and I'm asleep, obviously it would wake me up. But Jesus is secure in the fact that he knows his father is getting him to the other side. And so he's not worried about it. And here, here, here's, here's what begins to happen. So, so all of a sudden the disciples begin to panic in the storm. So they wake up Jesus because here's the thing. We're supposed to model what Jesus did. See, whatever I can't sleep in is controlling me. I'll say that again. Whatever you and I can't sleep in is controlling us. See, they can't sleep in the storm because they're not secure in the word. But if we're secure in the word, it doesn't matter if we're in Bristol Bay or in Wasilla. Come on, this is where God has called us. And church, I will tell you, tell, tell you this. Uh, and so, so then all, all of a sudden, a sudden they wake up Jesus when they don't have to. And when they wake up Jesus when they don't have to, in, in Matthew 8, it tells the story a little bit different than Mark 4. In Matthew 8, before Jesus rebukes the storm, he rebukes the disciples. Because the storm's not the problem. It's how we see the storm that's the problem. How we see ourselves, how we see the fact that we're favored by the God because God's in our boat. And if God's in my boat, why am I worried about the storm in the first place? Because you got to understand, if God's in my boat, that means I'm favored, I'm anointed, I've got the gifts of the Spirit operating in my life, and all I have to do is why rise up and rebuke the storm. So what begins to happen, he, because he, he begins to make a distinction, because in Matthew 8, before he rebukes the storm, he says these words, Oh, you of little faith. Now, everyone say little faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be standing before God and have God tell me, Oh, John, you of little faith. Because that means that God is making a distinction between great faith and little faith. Let me tell you something about little faith. Little faith is not having no faith. What little faith is, believes that I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. Little faith believes Jesus loves me. But beyond that, it doesn't believe that God can step into your situation or step into your storm. Doesn't believe that God can step into America. It doesn't believe that God could do a great work in Delta Junction or Bristol Bay or Wasilla or Anchorage. Come on. And, and what little faith is, little faith just begins to be operate out, out of what it sees, not what God is showing it. Come on. See, little faith will never get us anywhere. Church, God's making a distinction. Little faith will never save your marriage. Are you hearing me? Little faith will never heal your kids. Come on. You know what the doctor told, told me one time, told Meliana, that my daughter was bipolar. Come on, I did not receive that over my daughter. I, 
I did not receive that. But you know what? If you, if you have little faith, you'll receive what somebody that doesn't know God tells you about your kids. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when you have great faith, you refuse to accept the world's label of what God says about yourself or your children. Are you hearing me tonight? I don't know. I think I'm preaching to somebody here that's got some great faith up in this house. Do you know why we want to plant churches? Because little faith won't plant outside the four walls. Little faith is so worried about the money. Little faith is so worried about whether we lose something. Church, we're not going, and we're not going with money to heaven. Come on, we might as well spend it all now. Come on, church. We might. Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm going to start preaching here in just a moment because you know what? Little faith does. Little faith will not believe that the dead can be raised. People can come out of wheelchairs. Little faith won't step out to prophesy because it's worried about being embarrassed. And little faith is controlled by the circumstances of it, th their lives. Oh, you of little faith. You know why? Because little faith is not convinced that God cares. Little faith is used in another instance in Matthew 6. Why are you anxious of your life? Why do you worry? You know, anxiety, stress, and worry is a result of little faith. Because then little faith is controlling your thought process. And I've learned, I've learned this, that I cannot focus on what I can control. But I can focus on what I can control. And there are things that are out of my control, right? But if I have faith, come on, come on, church. I believe, I, I believe that God can control things around me. He's in my boat with me. And instead of bothering him, I'm going to be a disciple and I'm going to rebuke my own storms. Well, church, he makes a distinction of little faith because see, where God's taking us, where God's taking us, where God's taking the church is into deeper faith. And if you're panicking in the middle of the storm, I can imagine how you're going to behave when you get to the other side. Because, you know, we're comfortable here with our life. Church, can I tell you something? Am I saying it right? Nanak? Nak Nick. Nak Nick. That town. Am I saying it correctly? Nak Nick. You know, can I tell you, church, it's not an easy place. Suicide. Alcohol. Weather. It's not an easy place. You can't drive there. But see, God is calling this church to land your boat where nobody wants to land it. Why? Why? Because you, you notice this, that after Jesus rebuked the disciples, he rebukes the storm, which tells me something. It tells me that that storm wasn't just an act of nature because it wasn't something God created. It was something that the enemy created. 
right? Something the enemy conjured up. Because you have, to do, you have to distinguish in your life what the enemy is doing and what is God is doing. You have to have a distinction. And God would not rebuke God. Oh, come on. Oh, are you hearing? So, so obviously, the Lord rebuked the storm because there was a hindrance. That the enemy was doing everything that they, he could to stop the boat from getting to the other side. Because he knew when Casey lands... When he knows when we land our boat in some town, when he knows that we put, when he, he knows when we go somewhere that he's going to lose his power. Because you know why there's a storm? Because you have to understand, they're, they're right now, over Alaska, there are demonic forces over this estate. There are demonic forces over this state, principalities that are controlling, con controlling the minds and the hearts of people. Let me just tell you, out there in Bristol Bay, you know what's on people's mind? Fish. Now, I like salmon. I had the best salmon I ever ate. But church, can I tell you what, what's not on their mind? God's not on their mind. God's not on their mind. Why do you think we've got to go to the other side to put God on people's mind? Now, I will say this. So, so Jesus rebukes the storm. Why? Because one demon is controlling that entire territory. And that demon, that demon, they try to drug him up. The drugs don't, because what does the world do when it, when, because he breaks out of prison? He breaks his chains. He cuts himself. He's screaming, come on church, what does the world do? When you have somebody in that kind of condition, we'll just sedate you, we'll drug you. Sure, sure, I, I just, I'll give you an example. Many of you know the Haggerty's, they used to be here, they used to be on staff here. They pastor a church in Arizona, in Flagstaff, Arizona, and, and Jen is a, a nurse at a local clinic clinic there in Flagstaff and we were having a conversation and she was telling me that she's a nurse that she we were talking about various disorders and she told me this disorder called ODD so odd that's the first thing you know no no this particular disorder I looked it up and she I wrote it down it's called oppositional defiant disorder I'm serious Oppositional, defiant disorder. So what, what this disorder does is this order, disorder gives me the excuse not to respect authority and be defiant in, in, in public schools, against police, come on, against any kind, of a, any kind of authority figure. I have permission to be defiant. Now, church, I don't expect the world to believe what I'm going to tell you right now. But when I see that word oppositional defiant disorder, my first thought, rebellion. That's my first thought, rebellion. Well, and then I go deeper. Rebellion is witchcraft. Right? That's my first thought. So, so I, I did a little bit of research online, not much, and I, I, I typed in oppositional defiant disorder, looked it up. Uh, apparently, the, the, the term had been coined by a, a psychiatrist that's got more PhDs than I can count. 
and, and, and about 10, 15 years ago, coined the term and, and def come to find out that this particular person is an atheist. So you mean to tell me you're going to allow somebody that doesn't know God to drug your generation? Immune your generation where they don't feel anymore. Come on. Where they're actually immune to life. They've lost their conscience, church. I'm not doing that. That's why I got to go to the other side. No, church. Jesus rebuked the storm. Because one demon is controlling a territory. Now, I want you to picture this in your mind. It's in Luke 5. I want you to picture this in your mind because all of a sudden we, 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 we see something because the, it, the Bible doesn't make us clear, but that this, this whole story opens something to me because as I was, as I was meditating on it, it's like, it's like the Lord was showing me in a vision like the screen that you see up here. It's like I could see the movie. I could see the, I could see the film going on. And, and, and the reality is, as I was over there, I understand something. In living in Alaska, you understand about landing your boat in a safe harbor. You can't just land your boat anywhere. You got to land your boat in a cave where it's where it's safe, where the waves don't crash, or where there can't be or rocks, or or your boat doesn't capsize, or you can get out. There's something safe, and most people land in a harbor. Well, we we land in a harbor not only for safety, but we land in a harbor so we can get off our boat and trade what we're selling we can we can connect with people we can interact with people because where are the people at the people are at the harbor right I can refuel supply I can get supplies I can refuel my boat I can change I can take a shower I, I can do all these things that's where the people are and you would think that Jesus he's going to this side and you would all think that Jesus would say hey let's go where the people are let's go to the harbor because I can go there. That's where the multitude is. That's, that's, where, that's where the people is. That's where we can have some kind of the most significant impact upon this particular territory. But I notice something. I, I, I see in my mind's eye that the disciples are rowing toward the city where the people are. There, there, there's other boats in the harbor. But Jesus says, no. We're not going there. We're going over here. But Jesus, that's the cemetery. Who in their right mind lands their boat in a dead place? Are you hearing me? Come on, church. I'm going to land my boat where an anchorage. Come on, there's people there. Forget about Bristol Bay. Forget about Delta Junction. Forget about these little villages. Forget about that. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Forget about that. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, besides, there's an offering there. There's an offering where the people are. Oh, come on, church. There, the multitudes will come there. They'll pour in so we continue to do ministry. What do you mean, Jesus? Go to a land or boat in a dead place? Church, the Lord spoke to me. Told me to tell you. God's saying, land your boat in a dead place. Because if I'm in your boat, when you land it, it won't be dead anymore. 
Because church, I can say this to you right now. I picture this. The disciples are kind of resisting, but they can't resist God. And God is saying, go, I'm, we're not going there, we're going here. They have still have no idea. But now, I want you to picture this in your mind. Because as I begin to see the disciples rowing their boat toward the cemetery, all of a sudden, I saw these signs stuck in the water, three of them. And these particular three signs had these words written, no trespassing, restricted area. Everybody say, no trespassing, restricted area. Can I say this to you? Right now, our government is restricting the proclamation of the gospel in every public place. Can I tell you, they take it out of schools, they take it out of government, they take it out of everything, but let me just tell you something right now. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't look at the signs that men put up. This happened, this this happened to John and Meliana last this past December, uh, right before Christmas. My wife and I were in Tucson, Arizona. In Tucson, Arizona is a city within Tucson called South Tucson. It has more crime per square mile than Bronx in the Bronx, New York. This is one of the worst cities in all of the United States per square mile. And they had a school there. The, the, the Lord, the Lord directed us. We held a revival at a public school. They were busing kids into the school. You're not supposed to do that. I'm talking about a middle school, 6th, 7th, 8th graders. The reason why is that the school had lost complete control of the school. Teachers had walked out. Kids were bringing guns to school. Kids were, kids were doing dope. And, it was, and these are 11, 12, 13-year-olds, church. It was out of control. But you know what we did? You, you know what we did? We began to have a move of God there. Kids were laid out on the power of God. And you know what? You're not supposed to preach there. But you know, I'll tell you something. If we look at the signs, but let me just tell you, when there's a stronghold, when there's a demon controlling the area, come on, nobody's going to say we got no trespassing. Come on, restricted area. We're going to go, and I'm going to tell you right now, God's taking this church into restricted areas because God's going to give us favor in those places. Oh, come on and give God a shout of praise. Now, now church, I just found out last week Last week, I was talking to one of, the, one of the associate pastors over the phone. We had to discuss them. They reopened the school. It had closed down because the teachers walked out. They've reopened that school where we held the revival. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. And I could imagine Jesus saying, Jesus, you know, don't you see the signs? It says no trespassing. Obviously, we're not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in jail. I'm supposed to be dead. I'm supposed to be on dope. You notice that the townspeople never said, Jesus, we need your help. We got a stronghold. We got a demon running, running around our house. Demons are controlling because you know what? How does this apply? Because screams speak of sirens. Now, come on, church. Gunshots. Across America, come on. Suicide in our, in, our, in, in our native communities. Alcoholism, come on. Aren't you sick and tired of it? Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of it? That's why God says, get in the boat and go to the other side. Oh, 
oh, but but no, 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 we can't do that. We can't bring we can't bring the gospel in in the school. Forget that. Come on, church. The gospel is the only answer. Christ is the only answer. The word of God is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer. So wait, guess what happens? Jesus lands the boat. What does Jesus do? He gets out of the boat and puts his foot down. Everybody say, put your foot down. Everybody say, put your foot down. Turn to your neighbor say, put your foot down. If the church doesn't put her foot down, then nobody's going to put their foot down. Come on. We are called to put our foot down. And once Jesus put his foot down, I want to tell you the devil bowed down. Because all of a sudden, the devil knew, the enemy knew, there was somebody that had more authority in my territory than I do. And when Jesus put his foot down, do you know what happened? That territory no longer belonged to that demoniac. It now belonged to the kingdom of heaven. Church, I'm telling you right now, put your foot down, Wasilla. Put your foot down. Because church, what we have to do is we have to put our foot down. That's why my wife, we're using all our resources, all our energy, all our time to put our foot down all over America. Because church, if we don't put our foot down, we may not have an America. Church, I'm telling you, we got to put our foot down. Because people are twisting truth, twisting the gospel, twisting everything to meet human needs, church. It's a demon, and i got to put my foot down. And when Jesus put his foot down, the demon bowed down. Oh, come on. He didn't have to fight the demon because he already said, peace be still. He already preached to the storm. The, 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 the demon couldn't talk back to Jesus. You gotta put your foot down in your marriage. You gotta put your foot down in your house. You gotta put down in your in your kids. You gotta put down in every area of your finances. Put your foot down. Most of our problems is we don't put our foot down, and uh, we and, and when we gotta put our foot down what we watch through the internet. We gotta put our foot down. We gotta put our foot down in every area of our life. Because if we don't put our foot down, then demons are gonna jump in the boat and defile the church if we don't put our foot down. Now notice this. The demon bows down. Demon doesn't say anything except, and this is an interesting statement that the demon makes. Because then the demon has a prayer request. (laughs) Ever thought about that? The devil has a prayer request. And it's interesting that Jesus answered the devil's request. Ever thought about that? He said, please, Jesus, don't throw us into the abyss. Let us go into the pigs. No, 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 no. Now, have you ever kind of thought about why Jesus allowed the devil to go in the pigs? Not because he didn't like pork. (laughs) People preach that all the time. Not because he didn't like bacon. That's an easy, I mean, that's not a revelation. It's not a revelation. That's right in front of you. 
You know why? Now, first of all, the devil's pretty stupid. Because the pigs went over the edge and died, so, you know, you're over. You possessed a pig, you know, you just die right there. You're dead. You drown in the water over the cliff. But you know why? I'm going to tell you. Because, you know what the pig, because God, everything that God does is intentional. It's for a reason. It's for, it's purposeful. He doesn't do something just to do it. It's very purposeful. You know what the purpose was? The people care more about their pigs than they do the soul. Because you know why the pigs brought money? The pigs were their substance. Church, let me just tell you. I mean, I, I, I am standing here. Uh, I am standing here, and when I'm saying this, I, I've got I, I to stand behind this pulpit in fear and trembling because you know what, God? I say, God, I don't ever want to put my lifestyle, my money, before a soul. That I'm so concerned about the loss of my pig instead of the breaking of a stronghold or a saving of a life. Because here's what happens. People, get a, people don't pay their tithe. They don't want to give because, because of this. Because, well, you know what? You know, they're going out there and spending the money. And there's no people out there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm a pig worshiper. Really? No, I don't mean, I, and please, please, I, 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 I don't mean to ever, ever offend you in any way, but I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the church worships its econ, economics, its money, its lifestyle more than they want to see the harvest of souls come in. So who cares about the pigs? Who cares about the pigs? There's no more suicide. There's no more screaming at night. There's no more sirens. There's no more alcohol. There's no more, there's no more drug abuse. There's no more cutting itself. Who cares about the pig? A life is set free. Oh, come on. Because the reality is this. The reality is I'm, I'm we cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon isn't money, mammon. Mammon is a whole, whole definition of my lifestyle and my wants and my desires. That, Lord, I desire to see people set free more than I desire my pigs. I don't want to be a pig worshiper. And I have to ask the God to repent. If I, if I, because the truth is, the truth is, you know, here's the thing. Why go out to Bristol Bay? Because there's a stronghold. Because I want to encourage you. Take a missions trip out there. Oh, yeah, well, what's going to cost me the ticket? I don't know, it's four or $500 to fly out there. It's expensive. But let me just tell you, we'd spend more than that on a vacation. Yeah. <sighs> you and your wife, it costs a thousand bucks. And you got to eat. You, you seen the water? Look on Millie on his Facebook. $25 for a case of water. <laughs> 
in Bristol Bay. This is what blew me away. Box of, box of wheat thins, $15.99. Come on, church. But I got a couple out there, they're not worshiping pigs. They're, br they're bringing the presence of God. He cast it in there. You're a pig worshiper. How do I know that? Because they never ran. They, they, they never ran. They never bowed down. Oh, we don't have to deal with this demon no more. Praise God. A man is set free. Strongholds are broken. Never hear them say that. You messed with our money, Jesus. Now a guy is fully clothed and in his right mind. Everybody say fully clothed. Do you know what that means? That means that when Jesus spoke, leave him, God fully empowered him. Church, I want to be fully clothed. I want to be half clothed. Come on, church. I want to be fully clothed. I want to be fully empowered to fulfill my destiny. I want to be fully clothed. That's why I'm here on Wednesday night. I'm here to be fully clothed. I want to have hands laid on me so I can get fully clothed. I want a prophetic word so I get fully clothed. Because when I'm fully clothed, I can break strongholds. When I'm fully clothed, I can cast out devils. When I'm fully clothed, I can heal the sick. When I'm fully clothed, I can raise the dead. When I'm fully clothed, I can open blind eyes. I'm fully clothed. In his right mind. That means no more ODD. No more obsessive defiant disorder. More OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. No more ADHD. No more Ritalin. No more saying my little boy is a little bit active. Well, if he wouldn't sit in front of the video all day and let him go outside and play, he'd be fine. <laughs> Why don't you play football with him a little bit? He'd probably wear that energy right out. Because when my son was a little guy, five or six years old, I played baseball with him all day, and then he'd go to sleep. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, if, but if you want to just come home and veg out, look what happens. You don't have no energy. I mean, we're, we're, our bodies are made to do something. We're made to do something. I mean, he's in his right mind. Now, church, I know what it means to be in my wrong mind. And I know what it means to be in my right mind. Because when I was 22 years old, that's almost 30 years ago, this big paw laid his big hand, his name is Dr. James Morocco, on my forehead. And something happened in my mind. Come on, church. That before, John Arkey wasn't in his right mind. But when he got to hell of God and got a word from God, he got fully clothed and in his right mind. Oh, come on. 
Church, I hope you came to church to get something tonight to get fully clothed in your right mind. The, the, the big farmers can't see that. Blinded. The biggest drug dealer, the biggest, the, the biggest crime. The, 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 he's born again. He's renewed. Jesus, king, the kingdom has come. Can't see it. They run to town. They tell everybody, you got to come and see this. We're broke now. We've, we've lost. We don't know how we're going to make it. We're going out. We need, we're going to have to be going welfare. God breaks the stronghold. Nobody will be on welfare. So they run out to see Jesus. They see the guy. They don't go. God's here. Town doesn't worship God. You know what they do? Hear me. You know what they do? They say, Jesus, we want you to leave. Now, have you ever thought about why they wanted God to leave? I keep thinking about that. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. You know why they wanted God to leave? Because they were more familiar with the activity of the demonic than they were with the power of God. I'll say it again. They were more familiar with the activity of the demonic than they were the power of God. Church, do you know why you're here tonight? Because tonight, the Lord wants to do something in all of us. He wants us to make be more familiar with healing than we are death. Come on. He wants us to be more familiar with life than we are death. He wants me, us to be more familiar with healing than we are sickness. Are you hearing me tonight? He wants me, us to be more feel, familiar with the power of God than we are the power of the enemy. Come on, church. Because here's what we're going to do. God has called us to change the culture of this state. The state has not seen a significant miracle. Come on. Now, we've had tokens of it. We've had a, occasionally he, healings. But guess what? This church is going to be known as the sign and wonder factory. Do you know why? Because I believe we're putting our foot down. And when we put our foot down, God's favor rests on us. Oh, come on. I, I, I was over in, in Bristol Bay the past day and, and during prayer, I think it was yesterday morning, the Lord spoke to me because here's the thing. How many remember the guy at the gate beautiful and I'm going to wrap this up. You remember him, and then and what what happened? He, he's there. He's there. He's begging. He's he's there for a reason because he's actually taking the Lord's offering. Because what cripples people is they 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 keep what's owed to God. That's what cripples them. They're crippled for the, they, because they're supposed to give it to God, so they keep it, and they're crippled. They may not be crippled physically, but they're crippled emotionally. They're crippled. They're going from drama to drama instead of glory to glory. They're crippled. This man is crippled. Now, we know the famous line when the guy asked for money. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus walk. I'm thinking about this. And I thought about this. I said, oh, Jesus, help us. Help me. Help me. Because in America, we can, we've got silver and gold. 
We're so wealthy. But we can't say, get up and walk. Because we haven't put our foot down. Because we haven't asked God, please, I want to be in my right mind and be fully clothed. Because when I'm fully clothed, it's not that I don't have silver and gold and not that we don't need silver and gold to advance the gospel. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, let me just tell you, when Peter said, silver and gold have I none, and such as I have, he had a silver and gold. That silver and gold was designated to the temple. That wasn't designated. Come on. That wasn't designated to that guy. It was designated to God. Because if I give what's designated to God, I'm going to be cursed like you. But I'm giving my money to God. But what you need is what I have. But if the church, all of the church has the silver and gold, come on church, then what we're going to do is we're going to keep a generation crippled. But if we say, if as such as I have, now how are we going to get such as I have? We're going to say, God, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm getting all that you have for me in this life. And I'm contending for more because I believe you fully want to clothe me and put me in my right mind so I can pick up a generation. I can pick up the state of Alaska. I can pick up Anchorage. I can pick up Wasilla. I can pick up Bristol Bay. I can pick up all around this place. I can pick them up and get them on their feet. Come on, church. Well, you know what? Jesus obliges the guy, the, them, the town he leaves. However, the demoniac, the Amplified says, he begged Jesus to go with him. You know that there are some times Jesus doesn't answer your prayer? You may fast and pray for 40 days, he won't answer it. Because sometimes we don't see the future, we see the moment. And the interesting thing is, Jesus saw the future that God had for this man. God, I'm fully clothed. I'm in my right mind. I just want to hang out with you. Because I remember in 1995, along with your pastor, we're all hanging out on the carpet. That's all we want to do. Come on. Are you hearing me? But there's a job to do. There's a job to do. I love hanging out on the carpet, but bottom line, there's a job to do. I got to break strongholds. I didn't get fully clothed and in my right mind to stay on the carpet the rest of my life. I praise God for the carpet time. I hope I get some tonight. But Because uh, I'm waiting for the prophet to prophesy me. I've been asking him all week, Glenn. And I'm going to tell you this right now. But the bottom line is, he begged me, he said, please. Let me just say this. Some of you need to hear this. God's not mad at you. not angry with you. He's not trying to discipline you. But he sees something in your future that you don't. He's not resisting you. He's telling you no because he knows the impact you're going to have by staying where you're at. No, stay here. Stay here and go and tell everyone how good God has been to you. Okay. What happened? I'm fully clothed in my right mind. I don't have to preach long. <laughs> I can walk in and see. 
and start testifying. And the power of God is going to fall. When I'm fully clothed in my right mind. And from city to city, ten cities, ten. Ten cities. Because there's ten cities God wants you to plant churches in here, right here. Ten cities. And when we walk in the city fully clothed in our right mind, come on. They'll know that was the demoniac. Those that was look, 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 look what Jesus did. That look what God did. God's all over that guy. That's a miracle. That's a sign and wonder. He opens his mouth. Who is this Jesus? All of a sudden, God's on their thoughts. Come on, church. Come on, church. Before God wasn't in their mind, they had they didn't even think about God. The power of testimony gives people to start thinking about, about God that did not think about God. A few months later, Jesus lands his boat. Come on, this time he lands his boat in that region. And what happens? They, all the ten cities, they, they bring the lame, they bring the sick, they bring the demon possessed, they bring the curious, they bring everybody and their brother. And revival breaks out based on this one man's testimony. Church, I'm telling you, revival is going to break out in the villages of Alaska. I'm telling you right now, if this church makes a determination to put our foot down and be fully clothed in our right mind, can we give God a praise tonight? Can you give him a praise tonight? Can you give him a praise tonight? Can you give him a praise tonight, church? Micah, could you come to the piano? Because I'm going to tell you right now, we have to do it. We have to do it. So I'm putting my foot down in America. What are they going to do? Restricted area, no trespassing. Well, if your daughter's demon possessed and she gets delivered, your little, your little ideas go out the window. Fully clothed in their right mind. How many tonight... Want to put your foot down? Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. How many want to be fully clothed in your right mind? Put your hands up. Ma'am? Yes, stand up. Right in the aisle. Come out in the aisle. If I could get an usher to stand higher, just, just lift your hands right there. Spirit of the Lord would say this to you right now. Meliana and Pastor Karen, could you go and lay hands on her for me? Spirit of the Lord showed me this. He showed me this pole. This is a parable. Iron pole. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. You tried to pull it out with the truck. You tried to lift it out. It seemed like it just cemented in the ground. But I believe there's this tenacity in you. That you're going to pull out and uproot things that, that in the past no one could uproot. And as you begin to prophesy, as you begin to decree and declare, the Lord would say this to you. You're going to uproot disorder. Emotional disorder. You're going to do it. And God says this to you. Don't be afraid. There will be attacks. 
but I will not let the arrows of the enemy penetrate you. People will think that you're fanatical, but you're on a mission. Because I believe the Lord is refueling you tonight. And the reason He's refueling you is you need a lot of fuel to get to do what God's called you to do. Prayer in intercession is your fueling station. Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, touch her right now. Sister Karen, put your hand on her lower back for me. Jesus, heal her back right now. Heal her back right now in the name of Jesus. Heal it. Heal it. Heal it. Heal it, heal it right now in Jesus' name. I, God is doing something inside of you right now. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Ushers, would you assist assist me as we receive a love offering for our, our dear guest? You pray, begin to pray, ask God what you should do. We're sowing financial seed into the ministry of Prophet John Emiliano Harkey. you're online you can certainly give online through the secured server you just go ahead and follow the directions on the website it'll assist you in that the entirety of this will go towards uh, towards them and their ministry amen all right great word He's going to come back and flow in the Holy Ghost and prophesy and minister to people here in just a moment. Um, that word, uh, I'll give it to you now. <laughs> yeah, I have a word for you. Praise God. Sure love you. My brother, man, I know him forever. He was a little bit ahead of me. We came up at the same time, you know. I'm... I have all these tapes. You don't have to record yet. Soon, hold on, I'll tell you when. I have all these recordings from when I came up. You know, I first came into our church in 1992, and uh, kind of bounced around a little bit. Stayed since '95. Karen got saved in our church. I got saved in our church. So I've got like, I got boxes of tapes before CDs. I got boxes of CDs. I got boxes of tapes. And in all those tapes through the, through the 90s is in every, and, and, and like in every message, I can hear your wife, can you do it? Would you just, would you just go ahead? Would you do it for me just for fun? She's getting touched by the Lord. Come on, give me an amen. 
It's going to be a good one, so you got to take a sip of water. Hold on a second. <laughs> Just such a blessing. Which really means they never were not in any services. I mean, you know, my wife and I were talking and as we look back on our life, you know, there's just all those services. And I mean, we just never miss church. Um, honestly, I didn't really even learn to get in my Bible that much, but I was in the Bible so much because I was in church all the time. I got that discipline later. Yeah. So I could hardly read. I would drool when I, I had a lot of issues. We were in church six nights a week. We were small groups. We had small groups. We were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek. We had young adults. We were in, we were in an outreach uh, extension on Friday nights and Saturday nights. I mean, we just, as our life was just transformed by the power of the word. Are you ready? Can you give me an amen? <laughs> it sounds like this. Amen! Something like that. All right. There you go. Here's what the Lord showed me. Are you ready? Let's record this and then we'll pray and, and we'll turn the service back over. The Lord showed me that uh, here's the word of the Lord is that he's going to place you. There's going to come some phone calls and he's going to place you on like a council. I saw uh, I saw a number of men and women of God being summoned, called together by the by the voice of the Lord for some conferences but it's more than that it's it, it, it's what it reminds me of what i what i see is it reminds me of like the call it reminds me you know what the call is how the call started with lou engel and there was this prayer movement of young adults began to gather it reminds me of this that groundswell years ago of uh uh of the men's ministry that started through uh what's it called promise keepers there's there's coming a, a call from heaven he's already begun to speak to you about it but he's speaking to others and there's going to come a gathering of apostles and prophets and this synergy of anointing to bring a mighty blow to the forces of darkness that are even over america for i have called you even to be a forerunner i've called you to be even like a john the baptist wild in many ways and I'm going to put my word in your mouth in a new way says the Lord there's going to come a tremendous flow of my power and my anointing and there the, your the wisdom that comes forth from you in the times of ministry in times of prophecy will not be able to be denied or defeated and I'm going to open up doors even politically for you I'm going to open up some places that are going to be absolute surprises and to be like I'm not prepared for that no you, 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 you were you were prepared by the spirit says the Lord and you, you might say well I'm gonna find you I see you sitting at places that are just high maka maka places places of tremendous influence where you might even feel uncomfortable at times because of the affluence and the different things around you and the enemy would try to put that upon you but it, it will not stay because you've been clothed with a robe from heaven you've been given favor from the throne
And I just see the Lord pointing a scepter at you and giving you favor. This counsel that you're going to be, uh, that, that God's placing you on is going to have an impact in universities. There's going to be an impact in young adults and even in youth. I've burdened you, but the burden is going to increase. You're going to find yourself in intercession and prayer. I'm, I'm going to break you and then I'm going to pass you out, says the Lord. Breaking as in before the me as an alabaster box and the fragrance that's going to come forth is going to be my glory and my majesty and power and dominion and authority and a, and a flow it's going to increase more and more and more and there'll be the nations too but I've called you even to be a prophet unto, unto the America and you're going to go in like Nehemiah into the places of the wall where it's broken down. And you're going to prophesy. And you're going to gather even families and teach them. I see you teaching. I see you writing. I see you teaching. I see you writing. I see you teaching. And yeah, you're going to equip even people to stand with a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. They will not only rebuild their lives, but they'll rebuild the lives of others. I'm going to teach you. I've placed you to be a part of this council. It's a, there's a conference, but it's more. There's a conference that's, that's kind of, I think there's things in your heart the Lord showed me, desires that you have. Even in the assemblies, I'm going to use you like a jackhammer, says God. I've been using you to unlodge some places in the foundation that have been rotten. I'm going to use you to remove places in the spirit and then they're going to be built back up I'm not done with the AG says the Lord I've chosen you I've called you I've appointed you I've selected you to bear forth fruit fruit that remains amen come on somebody say hallelujah I want to turn it back over, but I forgot to. Oh, ushers, please come. Let me let me testify. I got an email today from our FCC lawyer who basically says they're not sure exactly what happened, but the radio station that we lost, the FCC is offering us another frequency and is basically giving us the opportunity to get the station back. I'm gonna tell you that, that's rare. That's very rare. Now here's the thing. Bless the offering, God, supernaturally. Bless the gift of the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Here's the thing, listen to this. Had we gotten the station, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We put in for an FM station. Had we been accepted and wanted the station, we would have significant challenges because we're gonna move eventually but by the challenge that we went through which seemed like a denial of the law we lost it it's all in the hands of the Lord we just prayed God you know now it comes back to us now listen we can put the we can put the tower actually on that top of that hill over there and reach far wider than we would ever could <laughs> come on somebody say hallelujah it's a miracle come on another one come on somebody say hallelujah Hallelujah. 
like this gentleman right here, sir. Yes. Can you stand up? Yes, 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 you, sir. Can you get out in the aisle? Stretch forth your hands to him. Look me in the eye, sir. If I could have an usher stand behind him, I'd greatly appreciate it. A lot of rocks to break up. But you're not a quitter. Because you're not a quitter, the Lord says this to you. I brought you here tonight because I am depositing in you the ability to pick up things you never thought you could pick up. I'm putting in you put in Samson there are gates of the enemy that need to be destroyed and torn down and you will do it because gates allow the enemy to come in and out but what you will do is you build a wall stopping him you're God's first defense felt powerless and defeated because of your mistakes but I say to you tonight sir your mistakes has caused you to grow in wisdom to make the foundation even stronger than it ever was I'm going to use you in the coming days because of your humility to encourage because when we walk into a house the first thing we notice is the floor, the furniture, the walls the paint we don't notice the foundation but I'm building you from the foundation what's coming you're going to withstand it you're not going to crack you're not going to break you're going to be a sign whether from the top of his head to the sole of his feet touch him right now in the name of Jesus there he is there's someone here you have a problem with your left hip your left hip the Lord wants to heal you where are you let me see your hand right now come stand up man is that you too come if that's you make your front right now real quickly if that's you your left hip Jesus wants to heal you right now Jesus wants to heal you right now right now right now lift your stretch forth your hands through these right now church father in the name of Jesus his hands are laid on these father I command the hip, Father, their left hip, to be absolutely, completely made whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I release your healing right now, right now, right now. There it is, there it is. God's touching you. The Lord is touching you right now. The Lord is touching you right now. Hip, line up. 
hip line up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Man, put your hand on your heart. Both hands, please. Tonight, the Lord wants to do something in you. You're here because you want to make a change. You want to make a change. Because you're at the end of your rope. It's not about your hip. It's your life that's out of place. the Lord would say this to you I'm looking for your full 100% commitment I know we all are busy we all have life but the Lord says if you make the 100% if you cross over because God is drawing a line in the sand and if you're cross over let me tell you something you will never regret because what he will give you because sometimes what God will ask us to do is God will even ask us to give up even the things that are legitimate. They're not sins. They're not wrong in themselves. But we give them up because we want more of God. And the Lord says if you'll give up even the legitimate things that seem good that nobody would say all oh, that. that. And, and it's not because you're religious. It's because you want more of God. I'm telling you, you do it. And I'm telling you, the Lord will blow on your sail. And the place that you're stuck in, you will not be stuck in anymore, says God. Lift your hands right now, man. Father, from the top of her head. Lord, let your power touch her right now. There it is. God is touching you right now. Jesus, Jesus. I want everyone to stand right now all over the room, all over the room tonight, all over the room tonight. How many say tonight, I want to put my foot down. I want to put my foot down. I want to put my foot down. I want to be fully clothed in my right mind. Come on, church. I want to be that way. If that's the cry of your heart, step out of your seat, run to this altar right now. Do not hesitate. Come forward right now. Thank you, Jesus. We 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 thank you, God. We thank you, God. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost all over this room. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over this room. Church, I want to pray right now for Bristol Bay. I, I believe it's that way, right? Am I correct? Is it that way? I want you to stretch forth your hands this way. I want you to stretch forth your hands this way. And I want you, I want us to prophesy that strongholds are being broken. Strongholds are being broken in that place. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you right now, oh God, break demonic power over every single village, oh God, in that area, oh God. Put your foot down in that area, Jesus. Father, we lose souls, oh God. 
put God in the minds of the people that live there, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now give God a shout of praise in the house. Give Him a shout of praise in the house. Are you ready to put your foot down? Are you ready to put your foot down? Put both hands on your heart right now. Say this with me. Jesus, I thank you for putting me in my right mind. Fully clothing me with your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you have blessed me with every heavenly blessing. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. And right now, because I'm fully clothed and in my right mind, I put my foot down in my own life, in my family, in my place of work, in my church, in my city, in my state, in my nation. And right now, I will be an agent, a vessel that breaks strongholds in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and thank Him. Begin to thank Him all over the south. Begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to thank him, 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 begin to thank him. I'm gonna just read. I'm just gonna lay hands on you real quickly. I know it's getting late. We've got kids up there. I want to be very sensitive to their time. But I, I just want I just want the spirit of God because I believe that God is fully clothing some families. God is fully clothing some people here tonight. God is fully clothing. Church, put your hands down. Am I correct that, that, that Anchorage is directly behind me? Is that correct? It's this way. Okay, stretch forth your hands to Anchorage. Pastor Vance, come up here. And Pastor Ava, come up here. I'm putting my foot down. my foot down in the neighborhood when all they do is put a band-aid on the problem they can pour silver and gold but they can't have an outpouring of my spirit and the Lord shows me two jars two jars full of oil and one jar says faith and the other one says hope. Ava, the Spirit of the Lord would say this to you. Nobody can mess with your faith. You have great faith, daughter. That's why you believe the best in people instead of seeing the worst. That's why God's going to change the worst and turn them into the best. This is a year of transformation for your ministry. 
people will come under the canopy of heaven when they walk into your church. They will feel God. They will sense God. They will realize that they're in the habitation of the presence of God. Because you have made room for Him. You didn't have to come here. But you chose to forsake your comfortability. The lifestyle of living in the islands. To live in a place. They made no appeal. Please help. But alcoholism, drug abuse is coming down right before you. One life at a time, Pastor Vance. Because I'm going to give you a heart and I'm going to give you a house to house men and women. I'm going to give it to you. Spur the supernatural. Because I know you'll labor and you won't be afraid. And you'll see them. You'll see me transform them one life at a time. And your reward. Because I'm giving you the key to Anchorage. People go in there with their ideas and think they can change, but they don't go fully clothed in the right way. So a year or two, they let me leave. You're here to stay. I prophesy that a city block belongs to you. Father, I love this couple, God. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus. We bless them tonight in the name of Jesus. Just worship him. 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 Just just worship him. Just just worship him. Just just worship him right now. Just worship him right now. Just worship him right now. We love you. We love you, God, tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. Now, church, hold your hands up like this. Lord Jesus, as I stretch forth my hands to these, oh God, as I stretch forth my hands to these, God, I ask you, lay your hand on your people tonight, oh God. Lay your hand on your people, Father, right now healing and life to your people here tonight church God is among us he's living inside us when we walk out of this building we are determined to put our foot down in the name of Jesus hallelujah Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I know we've gone a little bit long. It's all right. If you need to slip out, I understand. 
Go right ahead. Going to continue just to minister. I'm just going to come. Just lay hands on him. Prophet John, just, just, just flow. Mike Sisson, are we able to pray for the youth that they got to get out? They got to go. They got vans and stuff like that. All right. Well, we, we believe for a great youth awakening. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our dear brother John and Meliana got to catch a plane here shortly, but they're going to pray and minister to folks. Why don't you step all the way up? If you want prayer, just step all the way up to the, all the way up, come all the way up to the stairs. John, I want you to prophesy over these guys right here. Stretch forth the hands to these church. see this huge tank, this picture that I see, big huge metal tank that is standing on metal stilts or metal frame up high, it's filled with water, but yet it's rusty and it hasn't been used, and I see the two of you having a vision. which nobody said could ever flow water because his pipes are bad his tank is bad the thing is bad for the Lord shows me you're willing to stick your hands into things that people don't want to stick their hands into because they're afraid of what's in there you're not because you know it's the call of God. And I see you in this season of your life that I see you going in with like this a handkerchief of heaven like when they laid their handkerchiefs that touched Paul they laid it on the demons were cast out. I see you going in a place and putting the handkerchief of heaven and just cleaning out the ground. It's a process. It's a tedious process but you're not quitters and the Lord says when you get done when you get finished because you will finish and you will finish quicker than you think because sometimes people were supposed to help you sometimes they were said they were signed up they they said we're out for it but then they realized how difficult it is and they said no we didn't want this says you're going to find the kind of help that want to see the job done just as bad as you do. Lord Jesus, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Put them, Father! God, God's saying, daughter, you got to climb there. climb up that ladder 
even though it's kind of high. You climb up there. Because it'll be worth the effort. And everything you do, everything that you do will be worth the effort. It will not be worthless. Just the fruit that God has for your life is residual. Residual. What that means is it keeps bearing. And what you're doing is you're cleaning things that are unholy to make them holy. Because with you, it's black and white. There's no gray area. It's black and white. You don't play games. And the Lord says this to you. I made you this way. You're the prophet. He's like the pastor. He's like the priest. You're the prophet. And this is the way. Because of that, the Lord says, the two of you are a team. Father, from the top of their head, touch them right now in the name of Jesus. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. God's touching you right now. Shabbat. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 would say this to you my son and daughter you've had to navigate through misunderstanding and part of the maturing process as a leader is that when you're misunderstood this is a word of wisdom that we don't become defensive because there's always the tendency for us to become defensive when we're misunderstood. When people don't understand our motive, even though the motive is right. But there are people that you are dealing with that are immature in their walk with God. But the Lord says this, I'm gonna give you an anointing to not be annoyed with them or irritated. And have the grace to pull them through. Because you're going to pull people through that are very difficult to be around. Because there's a shepherd's heart in both of you. And that shepherd's heart is willing to love people and, and, and diffuse problems. Because God has put peace inside of you. Both of you. And he says, you become agents of peace wherever you go, says the Lord. And daughter, don't be afraid of conflict. Confrontation. Because I gave you authority over it. Because you know your whisper has more powerful. It has more power than when people scream and raise their voice, your whisper. Bring them, you bring 
call into a situation. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you, that's it, I'm going to give you the spirit and the ministry of counsel. I'm going to put it upon you. That when you counsel, even your, even your, even your children, when you counsel them, the Lord is working in that. You're handing them the nuggets from heaven. The Lord says, you will do anything and everything that needs to be done. You'll pick up what someone has left behind. When someone didn't show up, you show up. And you work twice as hard as everybody else. going to pull people through but people are going to see your work ethic and they're going to get behind you and the Lord says this to you tonight I'm putting a heart because there's men in this church that are so disconnected from spiritual life they're disconnected from prayer from worship from reading the word and I want you to reconnect them because if you will their lives will be transformed Father from the top of their head to the soles of their feet touch them right now in the name of Jesus Hallelujah Come on, just lift your hands one more time to the Lord. God, we bless you. We thank you. We give you praise, glory, honor. Lord, I know so many long to just hear a fresh word from you, even personally. And you know exactly how to speak to us. And I pray, God, over this next 24 and even 48 hours, listen, grab this. Grab what I'm about to say over you. The next 24 to 48 hours, God, a time of intimacy where does people just put aside some time for you. As they tune their ears, they read your word, God, that you would release rhema to each and every one. You would release the word of the Lord to comfort, to encourage, to exhort, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to correct. In Jesus' name, I pray, open ears, God, hear those online. Open ears to hear your voice in a greater degree. Release encouragement. Strength. Faith to all that are here right now. They would come out of that next 24 and 48 hours clothed in power, remantled for the callings and the purpose for which you have for each and every one of us individually. Corporately. Holy Ghost. Right there. Lift your hands. Fire. 
a call of ministry that's upon your life it's even in your it's been in your family and your in your family line and uh it's been seemingly missed at times but it's that you are not going to miss that which god is doing in and through you i've delivered you i've called you i'm anointing you i'm equipping you says the lord the time of training is upon you put your hand to the plow i'll build those relationships i'll bring the significant ones as they pour into you you're going to be one who even brings deliverance. That which is a place of weakness in your life will be a place of strength and you'll teach others. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank and praise you for what you've done. We thank you for Prophet Harkey. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here, and you're not right with God, don't you live, leave this place not right with Him. Don't leave. Those online, perhaps, those here. You need to recommit your life to the Lord or give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Just pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, 
forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Use my life to fulfill all the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for your death and your resurrection. And for a new life. Amen. Let me pray for you. Close. Holy Spirit, I pray your touch. Holy Spirit, touch each and every one. Right now. Fill. Heal. Bless. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, give them peace. Amen, amen. God bless you. We we'll hope to see you Sunday, if not before. We love you. Keep us in prayer. We're going to Bristol Bay over the next two days. We'll be back on Saturday. Amen. If you'll keep us in prayer for that, and God will pour out his spirit there. Thank you so much. Bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.